You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I am doing great. 2-0 and 10 to go. 2-0 and and 10 to go, and Jimmy... This weekend had everything. You know, if you've ever watched Saturday Night Live and you've seen her character of uh, Stefan, this had it all. This had drama. It had upsets. It had a kicker being uh, kicked out of a game for targeting on the opening kickoff in the USC-Stanford game. It had a lady giving birth in the tunnel of the Southern Miss game falling down from one mezzanine to another in the Miami game. Um, it literally had everything you could possibly want. It's almost like the college football weekend was awesome, even if the Alabama game wasn't necessarily. I mean, it was almost like, for us, not a low light, not like Ohio State has to deal with and stuff like that, but it, it's almost like, wow, what a great weekend of college football, ah, except for Alabama. No, I agree. Yeah, a lot of blah feelings about that game. I'm going to start off by saying this, Jimmy. If I had a vote, I would rank Georgia number one. They have a better win than we do. They didn't look as good as we do. We we did week one, but they have a better win than we do, and they they beat the dog piss out of a much better team than Mercer. And um, I I would vote Georgia number one. I'm, I'm just being unbiased. And side to that. I mean, I can see an upside to Saban having some more kind of motivation to light a fire under these guys because, again, maybe I'm coming at this too negatively. That performance yesterday was just flat out not good. And everybody's going to say, well, you had a 34-point win. And, yet, yeah, it was a 34-point win. against just they have nobody on that squad that can be our backup. Nobody. Not one player. Not a kicker. Not a punter. Not nothing. And – we just sort of meandered about. I mean, you know, we were up 31 to nothing. But that first drive, we go three and out. We go three and out against Mercer at a three o'clock. No, 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 it's not good at all. I, I, I think the start to the game, particularly the first quarter, we'll call it the whole first half, but particularly the first quarter, that was about as bad as I've seen Alabama's offense uh, going back to at least 2016, 2015. For, for that stretch of time against an opponent of that bad. I mean, it was sloppy. Every mistake that could be made was made between drop balls. Penalties were just crazy. Uh, everything was just off. Not even Bryce was good. Uh, missed blocks. Just offensively, it was a mess. But, but a couple things a little different about that game that I see differently. First of all, in the first half, defensively, I thought Alabama was great to awesome. I think Mercer was held to something like 35 yards in the entire half. So I think defensively, Alabama played pretty well. Uh, Offensively in the first half, it was a disgrace. It got a little better in the second half. I wouldn't say awesome, but it was better in the second half offensively but that's when the defense stopped playing quite as well. And I know, as you pointed out, Luke, we did start playing some backups on defense, and that can partly explain why the defense wasn't so great in the second half. But the fact of the matter is, 
Mercer still didn't have a player on the field nearly as good as any one player on the field for Alabama, even when you put the backups in. So uh, uh, just offensively terrible first half, defensively pretty bad second half. Uh, but it all adds up to a, to a win, and, and you just get better and move on. Jimmy, let me go ahead and tell everybody about Prize Picks. This is a new sponsor. If you're a college football fanatic, or even if you're not, have you heard about Prize Picks? I hadn't until recently, but it's a date, uh, app made easy. I love this. You will too. Prize Picks offers every sport you can think of NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, Major League Baseball, soccer, MMA, whatever you want. Prize Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players uh, of the Power Five as you may not have even heard of. So if you have a prop you want on a, on a, you know, Bryce Young or whatever, go to Prize Picks. All of your users, or our users, I should say, that deposit and use the promo code will do, receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Listen, you want to have a lot of fun with this. It is a ton of fun. Prize picks also allows mixed sport entries. You can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry. So, like, you can sort of mix and match the sports. It's really cool. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to ten times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. That's it. I mean, you're not facing some dude in Massachusetts in his mama's basement that's calculating everything. That's not what you're doing. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. Winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out PrizePicks.com or go to the App Store and download Prize Picks. Always got BetOnline.ag too. BetOnline.ag today as we're recording this. I am going to the Falcons-Eagles game with my son, who's an Eagles fan, and um, I'm going to play a little something down on the Eagles, I think, going in at betonline.ag, just because, why not? I'm sentimental like that. You know, nothing keeps a family together like gambling, and betonline.ag will help you with that. (laughs) You can also play games to kick off, or you can bet on reality TV. You can play roulette. You can play blackjack. You can do whatever you want to at betonline.ag. It's so much fun, so easy. Use promo code Locked On. You'll get a hundred percent bonus there too. Betonline.ag. It's the place to go. The only place to put your bet in, and the only one that's endorsed by Locked Networks. Or is it just Locked On Network Family? I don't know. I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Go to betonline.ag. Jimmy. Um, so a couple of things, a couple of quick thoughts, and these are just going to be quick hitters because I'm literally running out the door to go to the Eagles and Alabama Mercer. So we're not going to – I'm not going to uh, comb the Internet finding various videos and angles of different things for this. I mean, Alabama, Florida, we might do that. Alabama Mercer, I'm not doing that. I think it's so easy to get uh, – you can almost get a better idea – um, a team when they play somebody like this. For instance, if I was a Georgia fan, I'd be like, yeah, we played UAB. They're not good. We're a 24-point favorite. But did you see what we did to that team? I'd feel pretty right. damn good. And see, we kind of stunk it up, even Auburn-Alabama State. I can see where Auburn fans are like, hey, I know it's Alabama State. I know they're never running back, have a 94-yard touchdown, longest in school history. That's a pretty good deal. And we just were out there flip-flopping around. And this is exactly – what Nick Saban was saying exactly. So maybe in a way, this is a wonderful thing, but watching it unfold yesterday was not cool, especially when our first touchdown is a blocked punt for a touchdown. And here's the other thing, Jimmy, when's the last time 
that we didn't have a lead back. And I started thinking about times we won the national championships under Saban. In 09, we had the Heisman winning running back. In 11, in 12, okay, he wasn't as big of a lead, but we had Eddie Lacy. He was and, – and a, a, a budding um, T.J. Yeldon. So we had we had two pretty good backs. Not not a great super back, but Eddie Lacy was pretty damn good, and he spent some time. In 15, we had the Heisman winner. Now, in uh, 17, we, when we had uh, Jalen Hurts and Tua and the whole thing against Georgia, I wouldn't say we had a – fantastic lead back. Damian Harris is on that team, obviously. So was Najee, but he was a true freshman. I think I could make the argument, too, just like Tua coming in to save the day in that game against Georgia. Najee also – that's that was Najee's day. Najee also came out that day. So it was like we had a lead back for a, at least a quarter, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, and then I think uh, – and he was clearly RB1. I'm worried now. At first, we've been hyping up this whole running back by committee thing all summer long. I'm more worried now that I don't feel much better about our running backs at all. Uh, I get that. Uh, As a matter of fact, uh, here's a great example. A microcosm of the game itself is Jace McClellan. Because Jace did something pretty spectacular, and that is this. Jace rushed for a touchdown. He also caught a pass for a touchdown, and he scored the special teams touchdown on a really athletic play. Uh, he did all that despite not being Alabama's starting running back. Uh, but in many ways, it's spectacular that McClellan scored touchdowns in three different ways. Now, I would also say that he was Alabama's second or third running back, and as a running back, even against a very crappy FCS team, Jace McClellan averaged less than four yards a carry, which is pretty disgraceful against Mercer. So I think that's almost a microcosm of the game. There were some things that you went, oh, he's good. And then you look at the stats when the game's over, and you're like, I thought Jace McClellan was better than this. And Again, it's not just him. You know, when a running back doesn't rush for yards, it's not just on the back not seeing the field. It's, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it may be the wrong play call against the defense. It may be a, a missed block. It may be an offensive lineman got beat by a Mercer dude. It could be any number of things. But I, I do think that Jace McClellan is a microcosm of the performance because there was many things about the game that were some wow moments, particularly JoJo Earl. But uh, all together, you look at it and go, oh, Ugh. I mean, just yuck. I mean, it's just the best way to describe it. Yuck. Well, thank eight pounds, six ounce baby Jesus that we finally changed out Slade Bolden for JoJo Earl. And I do not mean this as a shot at Slade Bolden, but there was at least one punt. I thought we were costing ourselves five to 10 yards on every punt return with him back there. And there was one yesterday. He gets it. I mean, there was nobody within 15 yards of him when he catches it. And he sort of does like one of those Jerry Judy leg hop, you know, skip to my loo type things. And I'm thinking, dude, not everybody can do that. You've got, you've got your own set of kick-ass traits, but you can't do skip to my loo. That's not you. And it cost him some time, and he ended up having a, you know, 10 or 12-yard return. What, what I thought, if JoJo Earl is back there, it's a touchdown. I mean, I mean that sincerely. 
So I think we've got to have, um, we broke JoJo in kind of slowly with this role because we want to have him ready for Florida or something. I don't, I don't know. Um, but I, I think the days of Slade Bolden being our punt returner need to be over. Not This is not a shot at Slade. I just want somebody more dynamic back there. And um, I think we to have JoJo go in that spot, there's no doubt in my mind. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think JoJo's going to be the punt returner going forward. I'm not sure we've seen the last of Slade in that role. I'll just remind people of this because you do play game three at Florida. And I, I think to some extent, that may have dictated some of the personnel decisions to date is, gosh, we play Miami right out of the shoot and then, then in the swamp, game three. And that's this. If the game is close with Florida, and it may be, it may be close. Uh, I, I mean, it really might be. If it's close, you can lose that game with a fumbled punt return. Lose the game outright. Then there goes maybe everything, maybe even a championship. Uh so I think that JoJo has been slowly introduced into the role because what they're trying to avoid is a game-losing error and, 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 and fumbling a punt, which is almost always deep in your own territory or at least you know, beyond midfield. Fumbling a punt can be a game-changer uh, in, in a game decided by one or two scores. So I'm not positive we've seen the last of Slade because they trust him to catch the ball. But if you're asking who's the more dynamic punt returner, uh, let there be no doubt. I mean, even a, uh, a, a one-eyed grandma saw that uh, Saturday. I mean, JoJo is, JoJo is dynamic. Uh, Slade catches the ball. And, and, and there, there's just a fear that JoJo is going to muff one uh, under a lot of pressure on the road. So uh, I, I think that's just the, the coach's way of thinking on that. Okay, and I hear you, and that makes sense. And I think um, the initial thought, that's what everybody would have. I would argue another side that, okay, if it is a close game, won't every yard matter? And if I think we can get five to ten more yards on average with a punt returner, then I'm going to go with the guy that's better. That's right. Not to mention he can score. Not to mention, I mean, you could be down down a score in the second half and he returns a punt for a touchdown. Uh, that, that, that's, that's the give with that give and take. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think Jojo won the punt return job yesterday. I mean, that's what I, I, I really believe happened. Uh, but, uh, I bet you, uh, Drew Svoboda and Nick Saban are going to have some clenched butt cheeks when, uh, <laughs> when Jojo's back there in the swamp, when the game's tight. Sweat block is doctor created, doctor recommended. Look, these are wipes that you can use under your arms if you have a sweat issue. And there's nothing embarrassing about that. There are a lot of people that got a sweat issue. Use them under your arms on Sunday night. Let's just p- pull a day out, Sunday night. For seven days, you don't have to wear antiperspirant anymore. You got to wear deodorant, but you don't have to wear antiperspirant. You're not going to have a sweat problem when you go in that big meeting. You know, that's a big deal. It's the best seller on Amazon for the past 10 years, over 13,000 reviews. It's manufactured in the USA. There's a dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. It's, it, that's the best you can do. It's been featured on Rachel Ray. You can wear what you want to wear. You can have all this confidence. And I mean, it's a big deal. I mean, when you got a sweat problem, um, you're so nervous to even like pick your arms up for a touchdown or anything. I, I get it. Um, nothing to be embarrassed about. Let Sweatblock help you out. Go to sweatblock.com, or you can get it at CVS or Amazon, but they don't take the promo code, and Sweatblock will help you out. Go to sweatblock.com, sweatblock.com, and try this wonderful product.
All right, Jimmy, uh, we're going to go back and forth on some more Alabama stuff through the week. But uh, just to wrap up here, a couple other things, just just odd, funny things. Please, nobody else tell me that college football is is being ruined by anything at all, ever. Because if you watched Oregon, Ohio State yesterday, it was awesome. Ohio State's quarterback had 484 yards passing, and they lose. Um, Joseph Bulavas, who transferred out of – told to, I bet, um, goes to Vanderbilt and kicks a game-winning field goal. Meanwhile, Real Reichert, who hadn't missed a field goal since Moby Dick was a minnow, missed one from about 33 yards out yesterday. I mean, it's just crazy stuff went on all throughout the day. The Jacksonville State Hail Mary was unbelievable, unbelievable. And you know I'm a blue blood guy, and I know Philip Marshall hates that term. I don't really care. Um, you know I'm a guy that wants to see the big boys be good so that that's good football. But the Jacksonville State thing, and then as a as a guy who broadcasts some games, um, the fact that I got to hear the Florida State broadcast where the color commentator, <laughs> after the Hail Mary was completed and the guy scores, the, the color commentator goes, I just said to keep everybody in front of you. I just said that. And then he throws his headset down, and you can clearly hear it, and it's awesome. <laughs> it was a great day of college football. Uh, if it's going to be ruined, it hasn't been ruined yet. Uh, the, the, the night, the, the outcomes in the evening, they were shocking. Stanford, which looked dead as if David Shaw might not make it through the season, beats USC. Vanderbilt behind Joseph Bulovitz beats anybody on the road. Anybody. <laughs> I would have been impressed if Vanderbilt beat an FCS team on the road. And if they had beaten they beat, the Little Giants, the Rick Moranis coached Little Giants, I would have found it to be <laughs> remarkable. I, exactly. And yet they inexplicably beat Colorado State, who, who's hardly the worst program in the country. Uh, and, and, of course, Jacksonville State over Florida State. Toledo almost beat Notre Dame. I mean, that, that came down to the last, the last minute. A lot of exciting stuff. The Missouri-Kentucky game, I watched most of that. Really fun because Kentucky – is a fun team to watch, and that Chris Rodriguez is a hell of a back. Uh, great, great, fun Missouri-Kentucky game. Couldn't Texas, believe Arkansas. Arkansas. Texas, Arkansas. Couldn't believe it. I'm not shocked that Arkansas won. That didn't shock me. But if if you'd have told me the game it was going to be like 33 to seven, I'd have been like, oh man, I thought Arkansas was better than this. Yeah. And no, it's Arkansas beating Texas. 33, I mean, even more, 38-14, I think, was final or something like that. What a what a great, great performance by a team that still lacks dudes. Hey, but Arkansas plays so hard, you wouldn't know they lack dudes because they play hard on offense and defense. And, uh, wow, i tell you this about the SEC. The conference as a whole surprised me again. A lot of teams that I thought were going to be average are not. Uh, everybody in this league is good. It, it, it is going to be a land, it's going to be one landmine after another. Even for Alabama, even for Georgia, there are landmines out there, particularly on the road. It starts this week for Alabama. I'm be sounding the, the the warning signal all week long. Winning on the road in the SEC is hard. Don't be fooled by Nick Saban's success doing that. It's hard, and and I hope we don't find out this Saturday. How about Mississippi State blowing out NC State? Um, look, Shocked. the, the SEC in, in two weekends has three total losses. Tennessee to Pittsburgh, 
LSU to a very up-and-coming UCLA, and, of course, Vanderbilt to ETSU, which is inexplicable and, and, and unfair. Give us Vanderbilt. So we, we're sort of like, okay, we get it. Um, that, it's amazing. And, and meanwhile, the ACC is, is horrific. Um, the, the Even the Big Ten, I mean, it looks like Iowa may be the class of that thing. Um, the Big 12, they're, they're new to the party, Iowa State cannot beat Iowa, period. They've lost to them six straight times now. Um, again, I'm just going to say it for the hundredth time. I hate it when people say college football is being ruined and blah, blah. The, yesterday was as good of a day as you can have in sports throughout the day. It started early, it ended late, and it was awesome all the way through. Everything in between was fantastic and had great storylines, even without a cat dangling from the upper mezzanine. <laughs> Yes, the conference is good, and I, I can't root for them, and I'm not going to root for them. But a critical matchup of conference power we'll find next weekend where Penn State at home, a team that believes they may be playoff worthy, is hosting Auburn, who has been surprisingly good against really bad teams. But there is no way Auburn is any better than the fifth or sixth best team in the SEC. No way they're better than fifth or sixth. They're playing at Penn State, who may, who think they are the class of the Big Ten maybe. And if Auburn wins that game, it is it is a bugle call of SEC complete and total dominance of the sport. But I'm still going to root for Penn State. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll be I'll be Penn State all day, but I'm going to tell you right now, I think Auburn's got a good chance in that game, and I have no problem saying it. I mean, I'm for Penn State. I, they I, do too. I cheer for anybody against Auburn. That's what makes the rivalry great. At the same time, look, I don't hammock enough. That being said, we don't know enough about Auburn either. They have played two soup cans. I mean, Akron was up 17-7 to on Temple, and I was like, maybe Akron isn't all that bad. And then next thing I know, Temple has blown them out. So I don't know. Uh, Jimmy, that's going to do it for this episode. I'm heading to the Mercedes Dome. Check out the Falcons and the Eagles. So uh, we'll have a report on that next time. And until then, we'll talk to you guys Tuesday. So roll time. Roll time.